Welcome to The Daily Word. I'm really glad that you've joined me, and I greet you in the name and in the love and the peace of Jesus Christ. And for our Daily Word today, I want to spend a little time with you talking about the transfiguration of Jesus. Right at the beginning of chapter 9 of Mark, we read this, Jesus went on to say, I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God arrive in great power. Now, some folks would really struggle with that because the, the thought is, oh, well, Jesus is saying that, that there are people there who aren't going to die before his return and bringing the fullness of the kingdom of God. And that's actually not what he's saying, although Jesus does say that the Son doesn't even know when the time of the renewal of all things is. But that's not actually what he's saying. If you just keep reading, what you see is that he is making reference to the transfiguration. They go up on a high mountain, and there we read this. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make them. Elijah and Moses were there. And the, the symbolism of this meeting is that Jesus is the fulfillment of the entirety of the Old Testament. The law represented by Moses, the prophets represented by Elijah. And it is so sweet, so good to be there. The beauty of Jesus is so radiant that Peter doesn't know what to say. And so he says something. He says, you know what? It's, he says, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorials, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And then the scripture actually says, he said this because he didn't really know what else to say, for they were all terrified. This, this brilliant, beautiful scene, it was wonderful and yet terrifying. And we, we actually know from the testimony of, of a, a bishop of the ancient church that, that much of the Gospel of Peter came to John Mark, from, uh, I'm sorry, the Gospel of Mark came to John Mark from the Apostle Peter. So of course, Peter would be the one that would know, <laughs> listen, John Mark, I didn't know what to say. So I said something and here's what I said, right? Very interesting stuff. But here's, here's the, the point that I want to get to. What is actually the transfiguration? It is a revelation of the glory of the kingdom of God. It is a revelation of, of the divine glory of Jesus Christ. The scripture tells us in Philippians 2 that he emptied himself of his divine privilege so that he might truly become human and dwell among us. And here is this parting of the, the veil between heaven and earth and, and a revelation of the radiance of the Son of the living God. Here's the other thing about that, though, that I think that we often miss. We see here the, the apostles witnessing the amazing beauty of Jesus Christ. Uh, as a matter of fact, Peter talks about this in 1 Peter. He says, for we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes.
But it's not just that. One of the things that we miss is that also this was a revelation of restored, fully restored humanity. We actually have the opportunity by the grace of Jesus Christ to each day grow after the image of Christ. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18, we read this, So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. We have the choice every day to, honestly, to become more a child of heaven or a child of hell. That our lives would look more like Jesus or would look more like the opposite of Jesus would actually be degraded from the image in which we were created. We can actually move toward corruption or we can move toward perfection in Christ Jesus, the restoration of who we are intended to be. C.S. Lewis put it this way uh, about uh, the, the image of Christ, of who we really are, who we will be restored, and that's choice, right, that we have. Do I want to become more of a child of heaven or of hell? And how we can actually influence each other, how we can help or hinder one another. He says, and this is in The Weight of Glory, he says, it is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses, small g, to remember that the dullest moment, the dullest, most uninteresting person you can talk to may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would strongly be strongly tempted to worship, or else a horror and a corruption such as you now may, if at all, only in a nightmare. All day long we are, in some degree, helping each other to one or the other of these destinations. It is in light of these overwhelming possibilities. It is with the awe and the circumspection proper to them that we should conduct all of our dealings with one another, all friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal, and their life is to ours as the life of a gnat. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. May we choose to be radiant in Christ Jesus to reflect, to radiate His glory, His goodness, more and more every day by the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. And may we endeavor to help one another along that journey, along that path. May it be so, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, until we get a chance to speak again, may God bless you and keep you.